Put your hand together and give God praise. You may be seated. Tonight, I want to deal with an issue that may be both spiritual and psychological, being able to understand. I'm very grateful. I've enrolled in school again, and I'm trying to, I'm going to get my master's in criminal justice, and afterwards, I'm going to get my Lasit Juris, and we're going to practice law in Polk County. I'm grateful for those who have reached over 50 and trying to get those goals. I'm commending Sister Shaw. She is presently mastering school with all kind of good grades. Uh, and she's moving in mental health, I think it is, uh, counseling, uh, social work. But she's, she's, it, it encompasses so many of those things. And we are, we are grateful for that. Lady Shaw and those, uh, they don't know. It's a difference when you're 20 and when you're over 45. Amen. Pressing towards it. But it's a good experience. Uh, in your field of work and other fields of work, I've dealt with a lot of people in the church who are battling, have battled uh, psychological issues. God gave me this tonight. And being able to balance the spiritual and the mental because we are spirit, soul, and body. And, and most time, we are dealing with the physical and the spiritual, but never the soulish or the mental. And there's that big gap on who we can help. We help people in the spiritual we help people in the natural. And the people who have the mental, they're left up to themselves or someone that is unspiritual to help him. So I'm asking God to give us answers. And I feel like, and I was praying today, Bishop Shaw, I was so glad to see you. We, we talked earlier, and I've had some challenges to deal with before I got here tonight helping some saints with some issues that they're dealing with. And I realize in so many ways we as pastors, and let me tell you, no one will know the life of a pastor but a pastor. Preachers won't understand it. Evangelists won't understand it. Pastor Johnson, God bless you. I spend an hour, well, me, two hours in the pulpit on Sundays. Probably an hour on Wednesdays. Two hours on Wednesdays. But the most of our work is done all day long problem solving. That's pastoring. Now people are getting this pulpit 
take a few minutes, preach 45 minutes, go home and shake a few hands and hug a few necks and don't understand the severity of pastoring. We actually have patience. The Bible says that they are physicians then. We have patients who are dealing with all type of issues. And we are prescribing things to them. Praying that those prescriptions will help. We're asking God to give us a direction on what to give them. And I can name from A to Z things that I've had to deal with. Deal with family issues, sexual issues, mental issues, psychological issues, molestation issues, battling with sexuality issues. You can name it. There's nothing that the Winter Haven Hospital and Peace River has dealt with that I haven't dealt with. And I even had to deal with some of the people from Peace River. And from the hospitals who come to the church to say, help me. Counselors coming from counseling. And I realize some of you have been trying to get over things for years. Been a patient 15 years, 20 years. Prayer is helping me to get over things, hurts, problems, past. You have relapse. Amen. Now, I'm talking about the reality. I can get up and say a whole bunch of good stuff. I'm talking about the reality of what we, act, what we actually do. Sometimes it's two hours, three hours in the office. Sometimes four or five hours with one person, one family. That's the reality of passion. And I've been studying, I'm writing several books and working on these things, but one of the things that the Lord is dealing with me now is self-complexity. I'll be talking tonight about self-complexity. Self-complexity, and I'll be dealing from the message, I want to do this, but I can't stop doing that. I want to do this, but I can't stop doing that that it is hard to understand people parents mothers fathers brothers sisters but one of the most difficult persons to understand is self you'll go crazy trying to figure you out Trying to figure out why you like him and you know he don't like you. Why I can't let him go and he's clearly told me and showed me all the signs that he don't want nothing to do with me, but yet I can't release him. You don't want to talk about this. Sir. These are complexities. Trying to find out why I can't get along with certain people? Why I can't let certain past issues go and turn those things loose? That's complexity within self. 
Then add to that, add to that, trying to get rid of habits that you don't like. You like those things when you're doing them and hate yourself when you get through because you can't stop doing them. I've come and had people who come to my office beaten down with pornography. I mean, beaten down with things of pornography, masturbation, and especially pornography, beaten down and saying, Pastor, I can't get rid of this habit. So they're angry with themselves, mad with themselves, disgusted with themselves, but yet like the feeling that they get from what they're doing. Complexity. And hate themselves because of what it makes them feel like. Oh, Pastor, I feel so nasty. I feel so bad. Self-complexity. Confusing. Amen. Y'all with me, saints? In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to talk about the life of Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and 25 Paul says, and every man that striveth for mastery is, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run not as certain, uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my under my, my body and bring it unto, into suggestion, lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself become a castaway. Paul literally says in this particular text, I'm beating up myself. I find myself fighting me, beating myself under suggestion. You know, it's to me easy you're to fight quit. How do I fix my hand to punch myself? How do I fix my hand to knock out my own tooth? And Paul said, I'm find myself beating my own body, beating myself up to try to keep myself right, slapping myself, beating myself, hitting myself. That's a battle. Somebody say hallelujah. Maybe somebody in here know what I'm talking about. Amen. I don't get a lot of amens on messages like this because sometimes people don't want to let anybody know they're the one that's fighting. But that's all right. I can tell by your eyes. In 2 Corinthians, God's going to do something like Just bear with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 16. Paul, 2 Corinthians 4 and 16. Now, Paul opens up, first of all, let me say this, you have uh, 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 what people like to sometimes like to identify as split personalities, and they're not necessarily split personalities. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about those. I won't stay on these today, but I, I just want to deal with the two natures. I won't deal with the personalities, but sometimes you have what's going on is two different natures, and one person has two components. And Paul describes them as two different men. 2 Corinthians 4 and 1. For which cause we faint not. He said it's, it, it, it make you want to faint. For though our outward man perish, 
Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So I got two things going on. I got an outward man that's dying and an inward man that's being renewed day by day. So I got these two men that exist in one body. He's, he's, he's describing two contrary people who are sharing the same body. Uh, uh, two contrary, we won't say people, we'll say two contrary natures that are living inside one body. And God, God tries to describe this through biblical events in the scripture. He tried to describe it by showing us, even in the story of Esau and Jacob, how Esau and Jacob both were in the same womb, but they were fighting against each other. Do you ever feel those two natures at work inside of you? The cusser in the prayer? I didn't say he surfaces up to the top. See, let me explain to you. Let me explain to you what's going on. You got an, an, an inward man that's fighting to keep that outward man from coming out. So there's a spiritual you that's restraining that carnal you. So the spiritual man is trying to keep the cusser out. The prayer is trying to keep the luster out. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The straight man is trying to keep that, that, that gay man from coming out. Because it's in that flesh. And everybody has in their flesh components something that's no good. I don't care if you, I do not care if you put on a pratt, a cap, a long robe, and, and Rogaine's uh, shoes with some white stockings. There is something in you with your deep self that, cut. listen, ain't nothing good in none of you. And you can, you can put oil on it and put a, a district robe on it. Y'all ain't saying nothing with me. And we can have an ordination service and give you a staff and be, leave a big oily spot on the top of your head. You still ain't got no good flesh. And you can apostle it, you can bishop, you can evangelist, you can deepen it. A morning woman, a praying woman, I don't care what you name it, it still ain't no good. And I don't care what kind of title you put on it. There is none good but one. Y'all with me here tonight? Finally, one man is able to break the silence and explain to everybody what's going on in him. To break it, to open it, to explain it. We've all seen it from Genesis up to Matthew. The most dangerous and nasty thing you'll ever see. Father-in-law gets his daughter-in-law pregnant. David going on the housetop. Solomon. 700 wives, 300 concubines. Solomon's son, David's son, raped his sister. 
And then David's other son go on the rooftop and rape all his concubines in front of the whole nation of Israel. And Jacob got two sisters and two extra concubines in. Solomon Gomorrah messed up with homosexuality. But Paul comes out and opens up about what's going on. The complexity, the human complexity, self-complexity. Romans 7 and 14, y'all bear with me. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, soul under sin. You know, the problem with people today is that they're having so much a problem with keeping the word of God. And keeping what the scriptures say, and they're so disgusted with keeping it, they say, well, change the rules. There's, there's such a bad problem with them having power over their flesh in homosexuality. They say, you know what? Well, let's just say it's right then. Rather than say, let's get right. Let's just label it as right because surely we can't do it. So it's, it's so much. So let's now, because we can't break the reefer habit, let's create a form. And let's just go ahead now and sell reefer from the church. See, the standard is changing because people just can't feel, I can't do it. So it, it, must, it must be the rule. The rule must be wrong. It must be God, something that's wrong. Paul starts out saying, now let me get y'all clear. The law is spiritual. I'm calm. Ain't nothing wrong with the law. It's me. Hallelujah. I was riding last night. And as I was riding last night, I was so in the thought that I ran the stoplight. Don't give me a ticket. And I really felt guilty. So I turned around. And I tell you, this is honest. I turned around and went back through the light. <laughs> now I'm trying to do what's right. I, I, I turned around and went back through the light and said, let me try to do it again. <laughs> But imagine the danger of changing the rules because I ran the light. Now, if I change the rules, now we have a real dangerous problem because everybody's going to be running each other. This is the danger that the church does with rather ch when we're changing the rules than looking and saying the complexity is not in the rules. The complexity is in me. We can't make it right because we can't do it. We just got, the rule ain't bad. People, people, oh, that, that Bible way church, that stuff, they're too strict, they're too this. It's not that I'm too strict. The rules are good. The rules are right. I'm just, we got to come to the conclusion. I'm just too evil to keep the rule, but the rule is good. And so, rather than working on the rule, let's work on us. The rule needs no work. Imagine changing math because you don't know how to do it. 
a change in reading because you don't know how to do it. You throw the, you throw the whole system down. Instead of changing math, get a tutor. Paul says in 15, for that which I do, I allow not. He said, the stuff that I do, I really don't allow. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. Those are strong words. I'm doing stuff that I don't want to do. And I don't mind doing stuff that I don't want to do. The stuff that I'm doing, I really hate it. But this is, this is an apostle that acknowledges this. I'm doing stuff that I don't hate. And there are people today that are in the church who have found themselves in those conditions. I know because I have confessions that come back to back. Some dealing with the same problem and same issues. And they really do want to be saved. I think they really do. They really have a heart, but they just find that self-complexity. Now then, it is no more I that doeth it, but sin that dwelleth in it. Now, Paul, look, look how complex this sounds. Verse 16, if I do that which I would not, I'm doing it, I consider unto the law that it is good. The law is good. Now then, it is no more I that doeth it, but sin that dwelleth. Wait a minute. You mean you're doing it, but you're saying it's not you doing it. What do you mean? I do it, but I'm not doing it. It's no more I, but sin that dwelleth in me. It's pretty complex. 18, for I know that in me that is in my flesh. So he wants, he wants, to, he wants to disassociate himself from his flesh. So he says, I know that in me, he said, that is, let me correct it, in my flesh. Because he's saying, the flesh ain't me. That ain't me. That's the flesh. I've been born again. There's a new creature inside of this. So I'm trying to cut the relationship and put the flesh over there by itself and put me over here by myself. In me, that is my flesh. Dreaded no good things. Then he says, for to will is present with me. I do have the will, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So listen what he's saying. I do have the will to do it, but I just don't know how to perform it. I think there are people here that really got a will to be saved, but don't know how to perform it. In fact, I, I look at people who are coming to church and come, and I look at people who have who have dealt with coming to church for years and years and years and have struggled. And you know, sometimes the devil says, "You know, why are they coming to church? They just need to go. They just keep coming. They ain't trying to do it. They just come. They keep falling. Like every year, they go through the same thing every month, every week." They say, "Give up on them. Let them go." But Paul says there can be a person that really has a will to do right but just don't know how to perform it. Just really don't know how to do it. 
out. Somebody said, well, that's an excuse. Let's go do whatever we want to do. No, no, no. That's help. And I think there's a reason God put us there. Verse 19, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, this is, this is, a, this is Paul talking. Now, if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that doeth it, but sin that dwelleth. He comes over again. And I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Paul gives it clarity, and he's talking about himself. And I, I, I wonder, is that the fate of any other person in the church? I wonder is that the fate of some of the people that we're dealing with and some of the people we're actually talking to, some of the people that we counsel, and even some of the you that are in here right now. And if we don't really address where you are, you'll be so messed up that you won't even come to God because you're too guilty. Feel too bad to even come get the help that you can help get. Paul says, for I delight in the love of God after the inward man. So he said, I delighted. I mean, I can preach it and say amen to it. I really like what you're saying, Pastor. I love it. You're right. But I see another law in my members. Something else is in there. Warring against the law of my mind. So I've got an internal war, not a fight. This is a war. You're living in a war zone. You're living in a body and a spirit that's fighting between each other and you're in the middle. You got something going on you that's worse than Ukraine and Russia. See, Russia and Ukraine was once the same country. But Ukraine broke away and wanted their sovereignty. You were once the same person. You, whatever sin say do you did it but when you broke away and got saved you broke away and started another country you broke away and sought the holiness and godliness and righteousness and ever since then there's a civil war going on in you bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members Paul said not only is this but it is thank you sis Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Say so it brings me into captivity to the law of sin. Paul is acknowledging whatever it is, is it has even brought him into captivity, into the law of sin. Oh, and it says captivity to the law of sin, in uh, which is of my members. Then Paul says something about himself that's really putting himself down. Oh, wretched man that I am. Not that I was. This is Paul talking and saying, I'm a wretch. Presently. And I know some of you all in here tonight, you look deep, you look heavy, you act heavy, you shout, you sing, and you pray. But there's some wretches in here. Y'all ain't saying nothing now. There is some wretched people that go to church. Wretched shouters, wretched dancers, y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on now. Y'all might well say something. Don't act like you're deep now. Wretched. 
You know what it means to be a wretch? No good. Dirty, low down. Then Paul said, who shall deliver me? Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and say, Lord, I need deliverance. Come on, lift your hands and say, Lord, I need deliverance. Come on, lift your hands up and say, Lord, I need deliverance. We understand deliverance from demons. And I think we're good at that. We're good at getting that newspaper and putting it in people's ear and saying, come out, and they cough, and we can get them demons out real good. But I found out after I have cast out some demons from some people, and I never forget Amen. Praise the Lord. I was casting out a devil, and that devil told me, say, that's it. We gone. But you still going to have to deal with her. And the demon came out, and the demon left. He came out with a great cry. And I found out after we cast out demons, after we put evil spirits out, people still have to be delivered from themselves. And you can't cough that out. You can't get no newspaper and cough you out of you. You got to learn how to fight yourself. Oh, y'all ain't said nothing. And that's a daily deliverance from self. And you know the devil will play right along with us. We'll get down there and the devil know how to play with you to make you think you, that things something happened. You get down there and you start praying for fornication demons to come out. You start praying for uncleanness to come out. You start praying for strife to come out. And the devil will play that wrong with you. I'm coming out. See, he's a liar. He'll take on another person's name. He'll, he don't mind telling you that I'm a strife demon. He don't mind telling you that I'm a fornication demon. And these are not demons of the spirit. He'll take those names on so that we won't deal with the real root. Fornication is not a demon. It's a work of the flesh. Strife is not a demon. It's a work of the flesh. And a lot of times what you got on, if you done caused a child to be angry and they got strife against you, that man, it don't take no demon to make me not speak to you. What you did to me make me not speak to you. Y'all ain't saying much. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I had a, had, a, had a mother brought a child one time. The child was in the car huffing and puffing and spitting and eyes rolling and grunting. Child was in the car. <clears throat> and mama came to get me out the office and said, look at that devil all rising up in him. <clears throat> That's a demon. You look, look, listen in the voice. You hear that? And I said, what happened? She done beat that child and done hit the child and said all kind of stuff in the child. Look at the devil there. Let me hit you like that. You get a good whooping and see how you're going to walk in here. This is the day the Lord has made. I told her, get out the car. Get out the car. She's just looking at me. No, she probably want to jump on you. Some of those things are flesh. Galatians chapter 5. Watch Galatians chapter 5. Y'all with me? For the uh, uh, 5 and, and verse 
19, now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Uh, 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 let, let, me, let, me, let me share this with you. Now, you say as a demon causes adultery, fornication, witchcraft, adultery. Is that dirty house of yours a demon? Is your must a demon? A, a whole house dirty. Ain't washed dishes since the General Assembly. <laughs> and you want to tell somebody they got a demon because they roll their eyes at somebody, but your house dirty. That's the work of the flesh. So even you all that don't want to get up and clean your house and bake it out, that's the work of the flesh. That's the work of the flesh. Why is the work of the flesh? Because you just may be lazy. That's, that's, a, that's a fleshly work. So we now got to distinguish what is in my flesh that I need to get delivered from me and what is a demon that I need to get delivered from it. Somebody say hallelujah. And they require two different things. Hallelujah. One requires strategy. Hallelujah. The other requires something being cast out. Somebody say hallelujah. Can you lift your hands and tell God thank you? Second Corinthians chapter 12. Sometime an easy way out is to ask God to pray and deliver us from it. But God don't always deliver us from our struggle as to deliver us and separate us from it. Sometimes God still allows the struggle to stay there for you to continue to stay in prayer. If you really want, because sometimes what gives you the relationship with God is constantly coming to him asking you to overcome it. i strengthen you so that you will not be overcome by it. There's some of us, there's some things we got to continue to stay in prayer in or they'll take us over. But they keep you in prayer. If you really want to be saved and you know you got a, 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 a habit that continues to fall on you and you understand, well, the only way that I can keep myself from that is to pray, prayer becomes a part of your life because now I got to have prayer to stay. I got to have prayer to make it. If you don't like being a homosexual, y'all with me, saints of God, and you know the devil battles with you, then you know I've got to be somebody that's always on my knees praying to stay away from It becomes almost like a pill. If you don't like the way uh, a sickness does you, you stay in that, keep that medicine every single day because you know if you don't take that medicine, the sickness is going to surface. And when you understand that prayer and staying in the presence of God keeps certain things down, then prayer becomes something that I do every day because I don't like what I feel. I don't like what keeps surfacing out of me. And if you don't like it and prayer keeps it down, then that's what I got to do. But you got to hate it. See, the problem is we like what come out of us. We don't hate it enough to say, I need a pill to make it stay down. Watch and pray that you're in or not into temptation. 
It ain't until you get to the fact that you realize there's something in you that you don't like and the only way to keep it down is prayer. And prayer becomes your pill. Now probably 50% of y'all now got a little brown bottle in your pocketbook that the doctor done gave you something because your sugar caused your high blood pressure and because you feel a certain way. He has did a prescription on your body and say you need this particular pill. Uh, doc, you know, I, I want to tell you I'm all right, but I keep having shortness of breath. Well, take this every day and you take it and you don't have shortness of breath every day. And when you get up in the morning, you get your breakfast, you get your food, and you set your food out and set all your pills on the table. Some of y'all got a pill about, about as much as a plate. You got one, two, three, about ten pills on the table. You get up every morning and you take those pills because you don't like the way you feel. And if you miss one, say, oh, Lord, I'm feeling, let me go back and get my pill because I feel that. Well, when you understand prayer and spirituality, you sit up every morning and say, you know what? I'm about to take my cuss pill right now because I'm going to that job and I know if I get out there without this cuss pill, I'm going to cuss everybody out. I know y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm about to take this lust pill because I know, understand that I got lust in me and if I get out there, everybody walk around, I'm going to be looking at their backside. If you keep, y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all with me say, you need to take your pill. You know what you need to stay where you at. You got to be truthful with yourself. Know your sickness. Know your pill. Y'all be out there fussing at you about the fighters that they ain't had their pill. You miss proud meeting, I ain't had my pill. How many of y'all know y'all need a pill? How many of you know what it takes? Come on, somebody ought to lift your hand and say, Lord, I need one. Lord, and, 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 and some of y'all on sugar pills, some of y'all on water pills, y'all ain't saying nothing. Some of y'all on eye pills, some of y'all on leg pills, some of y'all on kidney pills, but everybody got a pill. Some of y'all got lie pills in here, some of y'all got lust pills in here, some of y'all got fighting pills in here, some of y'all got cutting pills, cussing pills in here, but you better take your pill. Whatever it takes, I got to stay on this altar, I got to stay in prayer because it's services. And, and God wants you to know that it will never, because this is what I look for. I look for that moment because I saw my mother, and I saw those old saints. I saw them. They looked so peaceful because I didn't know the back part of their life. I only saw them in church, and I thought some of the saints, I thought they were the holiest people in the world. I had a mother, her name was Mother Fisher. I mean, she was just, she looked like she came straight out of heaven. <laughs> she had on white, a white hat. She beat, she, you, you, you speak to her. Little bow leg mother, Mother Fisher, real short. She had one eye, she had missed eye. She was Mother Fisher. She prayed and everything. I thought Mother was there. So, man, I looked at all them saints as holy. See, they never told us their struggles. I thought all of them was holy. So I strived to be like them. I didn't know they, I thought they didn't have no issues. 
Tell one day I went over to Mother Fisher's house. I said, Mother, can I pray for you this morning? She cussed me out. <laughs> so I don't feel like you today. Get your son. So. I was crying like a baby. I went on and told my mom, I said, Mother Fisher cussed me out. Well, I, mama said she might have been dealing with, you know, they didn't call it dimension back then. I didn't know was it dimension. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know no name. But all I know is the mother that prayed for me and spoke in tongues cussed me out. I had heard, I had heard no mother cuss like that. Then I started finding out some of the secrets of the saints when you start getting old. Start doing the research behind the scene. And I started getting older, you start seeing things and understanding that they were battling. Somebody say hallelujah. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Lift your hands up to the Lord and say thank you. Now understand, get me 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So you, you got to stay around the church a long time to, to see this. Y'all with me? You got to be around like, like, like Bishop Shaw been around in you know, 10, 20 years and sit around and you, you see. Go to 2 Corinthians 12 and 1. Y'all, 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 give me a little time. Paul now goes into prayer about what he's struggling with. Goes into prayer about his, his battle. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelation of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, rather in the body I cannot tell, or rather out of the body I cannot tell, but God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heavens, and I knew such a man, rather in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up unto paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for me to utter. Paul talks about all this high stuff that he's done. Or such a one I will not glory yet of myself, I will not glory but in my infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will save the truth. He said, now I want to talk about the truth. But now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth of me, or that he hear the me, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the message of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul said, listen, I, I, I've got something that hit me, unless y'all should think of me above I'm able, what I'm able. Y'all see the books, y'all hear the preaching, but you don't see me as I struggle. Paul? Me? Paul? Yes. In fact, in Galatians chapter 4 and 14, the Galatian church, Galatians 4 and 14, listen to it. Amen, I'm about out of your way. Galatians 4 and 14. And my temptation, which was in my flesh, he despised me not, nor rejected me, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ. He said, now, I had this temptation in my flesh. You didn't reject me, but you received me as an angel of God because you understood what I was fighting with. You understood what I was dealing with. Somebody say hallelujah. Well, why then does God allow us to get saved 
give us standards and, and laws that he know that you and I are not capable of doing on our own. Because he wants you to fail to know that you can't do it. You cannot stop falling on your own. So then he says, I'm going to let you try it on your own. And then I'm going to say, now unto him. The book before Revelation. He give you all of the books and everything. Tell you what's going to happen to people in the end. Tell you how they're going to die. Tell you how revelation is going to happen. I like where Jude is positioned. Jude is just before revelation and revelation is the judgment of God. So he's went from Genesis and talk about all the failures of men and Jude, that very one book, right before he enters into revelation, the judgment of God, he said, now unto him that's able to keep you from falling. Why did he position that there? Because after I read about all of the failures of men in the Bible, I read about all these people that tried to make it and couldn't make it. I read about the prophets messed up. I read about the apostles messed up. I read about all these kings that messed up. But then at the end, he said, now you've read a book about all these men that fell, but now, see, they didn't have that then, but now unto him that's able... In case you have gotten discouraged and think you can't make it after you read about the fall of David. In case you have gotten discouraged and think you can't make it after you read about Samson. In case you've got discouraged and think you can't make it. Now you got something who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. Me? Yeah, you. That's struggling. Me, yeah, you, that's paddling with addictions. Me, yes, you, he's able to keep you from falling. But Paul says to keep you from falling, not to pick you up when you done fail. He don't have to always pick you up. He's able to keep you from getting down there. But, but the problem is, is what you do, because I like what he says. Come here, Lawrence. Who's able to keep you from falling. But psychologically, when we are falling, we haven't failed, we always reach to something. If you're about to fall, walking presently, and you feel yourself about to fall, you're going to try to get to something to break the fall. He said, now, so when you feel yourself about to fall, don't lean in a direction where there's nothing to hold you. Lean in the direction of prayer. Lean in the direction of the altar. Lean in the direction of the saints. We feel ourselves falling and we lean where ain't nothing to hold on to. You always feel yourself. But we lean. When you feel yourself getting weak, somebody say hallelujah. Or oh, you will get there. I say you will get there. When things get in your way to try to keep you from stumbling, to make you stumble. I need prayer. 
I need the house of God. In fact, these 21 nights are blessing me. I got something to lean on. Whoo, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Grab a hold of somebody's hand and say, he can break your fall. My God, he can stop you from falling. Can somebody give God a praise and say thank you. I'm going to talk about this. I'll get out of your way. My last scripture. I want to talk about Jacob. And self-complexity. Hallelujah. Jacob. Hallelujah. One of the worst boys you ever see. He tricked his brother. Out his birthrights for some soup. Tricked his daddy to give him the birthrights by playing like he was his brother. Then he got tricked by his uncle. Then he tricked his uncle. Hallelujah. And stole some of his sheep. Y'all with me? He was running. From Esau. Esau was fitting to kill him. And his mama told him, say, boy, leave, because Esau gonna kill you. And persuaded her daddy to get him to leave. I, I like the way God does things. He's running from himself. And running from his brother. Because remember, he has, he has said he's somebody that he ain't. He runs. And while he's running. Bishop, he fall asleep. This is the 27th chapter. But he runs in the 27th chapter. And then in 28, while he's running, he falls asleep. Running from his brother Esau. Y'all with me? And when he falls asleep, he has a dream of a ladder. God is trying to show him, you running, boy, but you need a ladder. Glory to God. So he runs, and while he's running, he has a dream. There's a ladder that reaches to heaven, and God said, you ain't got to run no more, boy. You can get on a ladder. You can get out of here. Don't have to run from your brother. 29, he tricked his father-in-law, his father-in-law trying to get him. 32. In 32nd chapter, Jacob has ran. He's got the news that Esau finna kill him. He divides his family up. Said, I don't want him to kill. If he get one company, he won't get everybody. Then he thought about it. I don't want nobody to die. Sent everybody away. And in Genesis 32, it says, and Jacob was left alone. And they'll wrestle with a man with him until the breaking of day. Jacob is wrestling. He's left alone by himself. You know, sometimes you got to do some stuff to get you in a position that you by yourself before God can even change you. Sometimes you got to do your family so bad they don't want to do nothing with you. Hallelujah. It's something when you get by yourself. That man can be nasty and cuss and do all that stuff but when that woman leave you by yourself I done seen some brothers leave but when that love woman gets you by yourself and you ain't nobody yourself. It's a different picture. Amen. When you lay awake at night and ain't nobody beside you, 
and you hear the roaches getting cornbread dragging it. <laughs> you turn away, treat all your family bad, and you're by yourself. Nobody won't want to deal with you. Nobody won't because you're just wicked. He just was wicked. Ain't nobody want to deal with him. Just wicked. Everybody get around. He just tricking and, 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 and tricking them and, 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 and stealing stuff. Now nobody want to be with him. He's by himself. God said, that's where I want you. I want you by yourself. He was left alone with a man and he wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And I, I got I to tell you, hey man, I, I, he, he might have thought this was Esau because Esau was hunting him in hot pursuit. But whatever it was, jumped on him and he wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And Jacob said to him, said, I won't let you go. He comes to the knowledge that this is, hallelujah, something divine. I won't let you go until you bless me. And God said, I won't bless you until you give up you. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. But he said, I'm not going to let you go until you're no longer Jacob. So the blessing that I got for you depends upon you letting me rename who you are. Somebody say hallelujah. My God. So I want to tell you what Jacob wrestled with. We talk about what he got for the wrestle, but he wrestled with God till he lost himself. He wrestled with God until he was no longer Jacob. And sometime to get your blessing, you got to wrestle with God until you lose yourself. Y'all ain't saying something there. You got to wrestle with God until you lose your identity, lose who you are. And that's where we are. Before you can get the blessing that God got you, you got to wrestle. Jacob has been Jacob all of his life. Has been named Jacob while he's wrestling with God. And I don't know about you saints, I'm going to wrestle till I lose me. I'm going to fight until I lose me. Because my blessing depends upon me losing me. I need somebody in the last nights of these revivals say to the Lord, I'm going to wrestle until every bit of me is gone. I'm going to wrestle until I cuckle my flesh. I'm going to wrestle until I cuckle my attitude. I'm going to wrestle till I come out with another name. And he wrestled with the Lord. And God said, I'm going to wrestle with you. Hallelujah. And I'm going to ask you, son, what is your name? And that name, Jacob, means trickster, surplanner, conniver. And God said, I can't take Jacob away until you realize you got a Jacob. And in the middle of wrestling, God wants him to admit who he is. I want you to admit you're a thief. I want you to admit, hallelujah, that you stole from your brother. Somebody say hallelujah. And while Jacob is wrestling, God said, what is your name? And he's, he's, he, there's all of the shame and all of the guilt that's associated with who he is. And God, he tells God, I'm Jacob. And God said, all right, that's what I wanted to hear. Your name will no longer be called Jacob. Because I'm going to change who you are. I don't know about you, but it is a blessing that in the middle of your life that God can change your name. 
In the middle of where you are, God can change who you are. In the middle of what you've done, God can change who you are. Somebody say hallelujah. You ought to grab somebody by the hand and say, thank God for the name change. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, sometimes you have to wrestle to get it. And there are many of us who want an identity change. We want a name change. And God doesn't just walk up to you and change that. You have to fight with that. You have to right wrestle with that. But I'm trying to be redefined. I'm trying to be renamed. I'm trying to become something different. And I'm willing to fight until it happens. While Jacob is fighting, while he's wrestling for this identity, it's a painful experience. It's painful to be redefined. It's painful to be renamed. Bible says God put his hand on his thigh. And the thigh was out of joint. Somebody say hallelujah. My God, it was out of joint. And I think that's the reason that God did that. Because Jacob was in a running move. Y'all give me a few minutes. He wasn't willing to apologize to his brother. Amen. Uh, 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 have a one-on-one uh, -on -one with him. He sent him gifts and all. But he didn't want that one-on-one -on -one confrontation because he was afraid of what he had done in the past. And God put his thigh out of joint because his brother was coming and God didn't want him to run from him. And then in 33 and 1 it says, uh, get, get 30, uh, 32 and 32, therefore, uh, uh, 32 and, uh, uh, and I want to get, amen, verse 32 and 32, therefore the children of Israel eat no, none of the sick new with strength which is upon the hollow of the thigh until this day because he touched the, the, the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the new strength. Verse 25, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of his thigh was out of joint as he wrestled. Listen, and verse 33, and Jacob lifted up his, and looked, and behold, Esau came. So how the Lord fixed this up, he knows Esau is coming, Jacob don't want to face him, and Jacob is a runner. So God puts his thigh out of joint so he can't run from Esau. When Esau comes there, I can't run no more. I, I can't run from this no more. And I tell you, when God wrestles with you, there are things about you you can no longer run from. You can no longer run from the things of your past, but you face the things of your past, get over the things of your past, and God renames you again. Can somebody say hallelujah? Put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Reach over and tell somebody I came to this revival not to leave empty handed, but I came to be redefined. Amen. I came to be renewed. Somebody say hallelujah. I came to get a new name. I came to become a new person. I came. Somebody ought to give God a praise and say hallelujah. We can't let this 21 night revival be just service as always. How many of you came to be redefined? How many of you are ready for God to do something different in your life? How many of you are ready for God to rename you and reshape you? Can you put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah? 
Hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand, look them in the eye, and tell them I don't want to be called the same thing anymore. I need a difference. And I've come in this 21 night revival to get before the Lord and lay before the Lord because I realize there are some things about me that I won't change. There are some things about me I want different. Can you put your hand together and say hallelujah? God says thy name will no longer be called Jacob. Hallelujah, but Israel. Let me tell you this. After God had named him, Jacob is still going around in that same name. Amen. And he's still going around because he hasn't released who he was. But in Genesis chapter 35 and 10, and God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Amen. God had to come back and remind him because he's reverted back to that old name. He's reverted back to what he was. And God come back and remind him. And God said, thy name is Jacob. Amen. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. Listen, even after God deliver us, sometimes the devil want to bring us back to those old things that we are. But God is still saying, your name is Israel. You're not Jacob anymore. And I know that when you got saved, the Bible declared every child of God. I want you to hear this. When you got saved, every one of you, amen, inside of heaven, God gave you a new name. I want you to understand that anybody that gets saved when you get saved in heaven there's a new name that's why the saints used to say I got a new name over in Zion and it's mine 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 the minute you got saved God gave you a new name amen somebody said how that because you were born again and the fact that you were born again means that you got a new name for that new person my God can somebody say hallelujah put your hand together and give God a praise. And so, hallelujah, what's happening today? Amen. When your mother birthed you, amen. When Jacob was birthed, his father gave him the name Jacob. But what God was showing us, that when we are born again, now notice when Jacob got born again, he was born again when he asked the name of God. And when you inquire about the name of God, see, the way you get your name change is to find his name. Y'all ought to say something here. When Jacob sought to find the name of God, then Jacob gets renamed. And when you get baptized in the name of Jesus, just like Jacob got that name, and Jacob was given the name Israel. Every one of you that had been baptized in Jesus' name, inside of heaven is your new name. In fact, God refers to you by your new name. Amen. And I know he's looking and saying amen. That's coward. But God said no that's not coward. I don't know what my new name is yet. And maybe you don't know what your new name is. But God is not referring to you as Adrian. He's not referring to you as Ray. He's not referring to you as God's seal because he said if any man be in Christ he is a new creature. And what we're waiting for. Y'all ought to say something here. Can somebody say hallelujah? Put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say neighbor, God knows my name. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise?
<laughs> Hallelujah. Can you give God a praise? Amen. The Bible says in Revelations chapter 2 in 16. Hallelujah. 2. Amen. Can you give God a praise? In 17, he says, and he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said to the church. To him that overcome will I give to eat of the hidden man, and I will give him a white stone, and in it a new name written which no man knoweth, save he that receives. Ah, so what's happening, child of God, in heaven right now? Amen. You got a name that exists. In God's eyes, you're not Tylex. In God's eyes, hallelujah, you're not Lawrence. Somebody say hallelujah. Ah, because Tylex has done so much, he can't make it to heaven. Lawrence has done so much, he can't make it to heaven. But I've given you a new name. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm convinced that Clayton won't make it in. I'm convinced that Tylex won't make it in. But that person that was born the day you got baptized, that person that was born the day you spoke in tongue, that person that got filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say glory. Somebody say glory. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's why Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery that we shall not all sleep hallelujah but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye after this flesh has went in the ground and deteriorated that man that was born is still here somebody ought to say yes say yes say yes grab your neighbor by the hand and say neighbor you're looking at the other man you're looking at Clark Kent you're looking at David Banner you're looking at the worm you're looking at the filth you're looking at the mess but when the rapture come I'll be changed from Clark Kent to Superman I'll fly I'll fly yeah 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 hallelujah hallelujah look at your neighbor and say neighbor I'm waiting to be changed I'm tired of these filthy garments I'm tired of being trapped in this mess I heard Romans say the whole creation somebody say glory say glory say glory to the saint to the saint we are inside of the womb of the world. 
pregnant. The world is pregnant with saints. Our flesh is pregnant with a saved person. Our flesh is pregnant with a holy person. And you got to understand when a woman is pregnant, there's another person inside of her and it had no choice. She eat what it don't want to eat. She take it where she won't take it. But the day is coming that the world is going to birth me out and I'll no longer do what this flesh wants. Somebody say yeah. That's why Paul said the whole creation is travailing and groaning. I'm ready. Look at your neighbor and say neighbor. I'm tired of being in the womb of this flesh. I'm ready to be delivered from this carnal thinking. I'm ready to be delivered from this sinful mind. I'm ready. Pregnant woman, the baby ain't got no choice. She want to smoke weed, she smoke weed. Baby ain't got no choice. She want to go to the club, we go to the club. But boy, when that baby birth out, I'm ready to birth out of this flesh. I'm tired of thinking things I don't want to think. Going places I don't want to go. Doing things I don't want to do. I want to birth out of it. I'm here, want to live holy, want to live right, try to read my Bible, try to think straight. Things come in my mind. Got to keep rebuking them. Fights in the inside. Come on, I know you can relate to that. The whole creation is travailing, trying to be delivered. Oh God, the rapture is a deliverance. It's a birth from a carnal mindset, a birth from evil thinking, birth from bad attitudes, birth from ill feelings. I want to be delivered. Somebody say hallelujah. Stand on your feet with me, everybody. Stand on your feet. I'm getting ready to pray. Man, I've, I've given you what God gave me. But I want you to lift your hands and ask for the help of God. All over this building. Nobody with any pride. Nobody with any uplifting thoughts of yourself. But hands in the air to the Lord. God, I want to be all that you want me to be. Talk to God about your fight. Talk to God about your struggle. In fact, could you inconvenience yourself a little bit and just come up to the front? Let's pray together tonight. I think it's a cause for us to pray together. Hanamasiah. Oh, bless you. Shandalado, oh, Shanda. Babasha. It's all right. Here come on, my shot. Come on a little closer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right, honey. That's the words. Help me, Lord. He said, the spirit helpeth our infirmities.
Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Lift your hands up. This is the kind of praying we need to pray tonight. Ah, da, da, shan, da, da. Lift them up. I don't know what your battle is. I don't know what your fight is. I don't know what your struggle is. I'm not even interested in asking you. But whatever it is, you lift your hands to the Lord and let the Lord know, God, I need you. I cannot live this by myself. I can't make it by myself. I need you. 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 Come on. I need you. 